Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. Good to be able to see this morning. Little unbalanced maybe on one side or the other, but I don't think the building will sink. <laughs> no, you need to be on the other side, Mitch. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful day. Amen. Do we have any birthdays this morning? Or this week? Or last week? Or next week? <laughs> or any time. Or any time, right. What? We do have one. Judy has one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. Nobody celebrated an anniversary this morning. I've been sober. Oh, wrong meeting. Wrong meeting, wrong, wrong organization. Although, well, no, never mind. <laughs> Just never mind. Uh, not much in the way of announcements this morning. Uh, is this Pentecost Sunday, of course. Uh, Amen. When uh, God oh. sent through his Holy Spirit the uh, flames of fire and power, and the church began. And we praise the Lord for that. Yes. As we do, let's uh, let's stand and uh, and sing number fifty nine. Blessed be, <clears throat> excuse me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. All praise to Him who reigns. Blessed be the name. 
turn back just a few pages to number 50. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. because you are holy, holy, holy. You are the Lord God Almighty. You created everything that exists, Lord, Mm -hmm. including us. You sustain everything through your might and your power and your love and your grace. And we are so blessed. Lord, we can't thank you enough for the gift of salvation. You went to the cross and paid a debt that we could not pay to receive a a salvation that we could never earn. Lord, we are grateful. As we worship this morning, come feel our hearts. Come feel this place with your presence. Rise us above the problems of the world today and bring us into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion prayer this morning is number 252, Wounded for Me. Wounded for me. Clemic has our meditation this morning. I'm going to do something a little different than just uh, reading. It's actually lyrics from a song that uh, normally I have something picked out earlier in the week, and this week I, I, had, I can wait. I'm going to pick something short, 
have a long reading today, so I figured Saturday morning I'll be able to come up with something. Well, Friday morning I got a message. Amen. <clears throat> so this is uh, from the song God So Loved by We the Kingdom. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Amen. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table, he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. Bring all your failures, bring your addictions. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Amen. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. See his open arms. The power of hell, forever defeated, now it is well, I'm walking in freedom. For God so loved, God so loved the world. Praise God, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, praise him, for the wonders of his love, his amazing love. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. Yes. The power of hell forever defeated. Now it is well. I'm walking in freedom. Amen. For God so, loved, God so loved the world. Bring all your failures. Bring your addictions. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Yes. Jesus is waiting. For God so loved the world. We praise you, Lord, because you know all things. Help us to understand all that we need to know to serve you well. Yes. Teach us to be content with the limits of our knowledge in this life. And help us to trust your guidance, even when the way before us seems dark. Amen. As Jesus and his disciples were gathered around the, around the table in the upper room, to celebrate the Passover meal, Jesus took bread and broke it, blessed it, gave to each of them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And likewise the cup, when they had eaten, he gave thanks and passed it to them, saying, This is my blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology.
436, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love, at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me turn to number 567. We learned it last week. We're going to sing it and mean it this week. Man. 
standing before him at last. Trials and troubles all past. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. John, you have scripture this morning? It's just a few. Yeah, just a few. Today's reading is from Matthew, chapter 23, the whole chapter. <laughs> Thanks. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. By themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. <clears throat> Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not called rabbi for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut down the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You, you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides! You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools! Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? 
You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, If we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead, then, and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers, Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. John, good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oops. I'm already losing stuff here. But that's all right. It's just just systematic. I lost my mind first. Anybody seen it? (laughs) Oh, wow. Man, a lot to cover here this morning, but. I thought it was good to keep these 
teachings, this sermon all together instead of breaking it up into two different pericopes because it's just got that flow going. You know, he, he goes, he, he's been with round one with the Pharisees, put them in their place. Round two, the Sadducees, put them in their place. Round three with the Pharisees <laughs> and shut them up. They didn't know what to say. When he asked them who the Son of Man was and then talked about who he is, they just had nothing to say. Silence. So now he has something to say to them. And sadly enough, early in my ministry, this applied to me too. He called them hypocrites repeatedly. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, Moses' seat is the seat in the temple. Moses was the leader, religious leader, as well as their political leader at the time. But because he was sitting in the teacher's seat, the one who received the laws of God from heaven, then these Pharisees sit in that same position, that same seat. They are the ones who did not receive the commandments, but they're the ones who study the laws and make the laws and supposedly fulfill the laws and look out at people to see if you're breaking the laws. And if you are, then they come to visit you. You know, they may have even hung a sign on your door, sinner. (laughs) But he's saying, even though they do all of this, they themselves don't fulfill the law. They expect you to, but they don't do it themselves. I'm glad we don't know anybody like that. People who want us to do things, but they're not willing to do it themselves. I'm glad there's nobody here like that. (laughs) I can point a finger at myself. There are things that we teach from the Word of God as men and women of God. Things that we want our children to do that we don't always fulfill best ourselves. Isn't that true? So in a way, we're all guilty. You know, I've gotten to the point to where when someone tells me they don't want to go to church because the church is filled with hypocrites, I look at them and I say, of course it is. Who else would be there? (laughs) And they're just like, huh? And I tell them, I look at them and I say, you know, since you're perfect, tell me where your church is and I'll come follow you. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Well, then what right do you have to call everybody else a hypocrite? You're judging. It changes their attitude sometimes, a little bit anyway. It's just an A tweak, not a total adjustment, just a tweak. (laughs) But Jesus is telling it like it is. I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
So when he speaks, he's not just trying to make a point. He's saying the truth. He's telling it like it is. They preach, but they don't practice what they preach. Everything they do is done for people to see. I'm not looking down on all you little peasants. <laughs> I mean, they, they literally thought that they were better than everyone else. And unfortunately, there are people that are in positions in churches that are the same way. And that's sad. That's sad. Because the word teaches that Men and women of God are called to be servants, not masters. We're called to be servants. And, you know, I've met pastors who, uh, (laughs) they tell me that they control their people. And I'm like, what? Well, they use fear tactics. And tell people, you know, if you don't do this and you don't do that, you're going to hell. And that's how they get them to behave the way they think they ought to behave. And so my question to those pastors is always this. I thought God decided how people are supposed to act, not pastors. So what right do you have? I'm the pastor. Like. Yeah, and you can be replaced. (laughs) That's easy. We have to be careful to not equate a title with entitlement. Having a title doesn't give you the, the right to say, I'm better than you. In fact, it's supposed to be the opposite. If you have a title, you're supposed to be more humble than the others. And it's hard to always practice that. (laughs) I can't say that I have, but I try. These Pharisees never tried. Never. And that's the reason why Jesus is being so hard on them. When he talks about everything they do is done for people to see, he gives an example. He says they make their phylacteries. Okay, a a phylactery was a box that was either worn on the arm or on the forehead that had a little scroll of scripture in it. It had certain scriptures, the Shema and a couple other scriptures. And he said they made those bigger. In other words, they wanted people to make sure they saw it. And then it talks about their their fringes being longer on their cloth. Well, they used that like Catholics use prayer beads. They would count those strings and run their fingers over them as they prayed about different things. And they wanted to make sure that, again, you you noticed them. You noticed them. And they loved to be in places of honor. At banquets. You know, we, we have the story in the Bible about a guy coming in and sitting at a place at the table where he was up next to the, to the person who was 
uh, most honored, and then the, the person who was having the banquet come in and said, oh, I'm sorry, this seat's reserved for somebody else. Could you please move down? <laughs> but if that person had sat at the lowest place, we're told, then the master would have come and said, oh, uh, you, you should be up closer to, to me. You come up a little closer. So the principle there, he who is humble is exalted. He who is exalted himself is humbled. And that's what Jesus is talking about here with these Pharisees. He's putting them in their place. It was difficult for the other people to put them in their place because the other people were under their authority. And if they started balking about what the Pharisees were doing, they'd be kicked out of the synagogue. They would just say, okay, you can't come to church anymore. You're excommunicated. Get out. But Jesus had no such fear. (laughs) So he's just calling it like it is. A spade's a spade. And he, he's just pointing out the obvious. The people already knew these things. And so by saying these things, these people are coming closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Finally, somebody says it. So he had their... Attention! They were literally on the edge of their seat waiting to see what he's going to say next. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi, teachers by others. You know, these things he goes through about not being called father and uh, not being called teacher or instructor. There's nothing wrong with these titles in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with people, you know, my dad was my father, <laughs> plain and simple. Your, your dad is your father. We also have a heavenly father. But the difference is, if you notice, when they say uh, father, you know, he's, he's referring to the Pharisees and their wrong attitudes. They think they're better. And again, it comes back to that title. I'm better than you because I'm your spiritual father. That's wrong. And Jesus is saying, don't honor that. (laughs) Don't grace them with that. There is such a thing we know as spiritual fathers because in Acts we're told and in other uh, books of the Bible we're told that Paul was spiritual father, Peter was a spiritual father, uh, on and on, that teaching goes. And so there's nothing wrong with calling someone your teacher or your father unless they're trying to use it as a means to hoard uh, over you, to lord over you, rather, to lord over you and say, hey, I'm better than you because. That's a wrong attitude for a servant of God to have. And so again, At the last of this section, he's saying, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he goes in, after he's given an accurate picture of what these Pharisees are like, then he starts to give these seven woes. These seven woes. Now, 
These are significant, and we need to pay attention to these. You know, he calls out the Pharisees on their things. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. (laughs) He doesn't pull any punches, does he? I mean, he's not holding back. He just tells them, you're a hypocrite. And then he says, why? You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven and people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Their job as religious leaders is to lead people to the Lord, to bring them into the kingdom of heaven. But because of their false teachings and their wrong attitudes about themselves and about others, even a wrong attitude about the Lord... And rather than bringing people into the kingdom, they're leading them further away. They're being pushed away by all this bullying. People are truly coming to the synagogue, to the temple, to seek to find God. But they're told lies and led away from him. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over the land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded... You make them twice as much a child of hell as yourself. Again, here's that false teaching. The people who they do win over, the people who say, I'll follow you anywhere. I believe in what you're saying. I believe in what you're teaching. Well, you know, these were the religious leaders. They were supposed to be able to follow them. They were supposed to be able to trust in them. And when someone really did commit themselves, then they taught them how to be just like them. Snobs. Religious snobs. That even snobbed Jesus. Wow. Woe to you blind guides. You say if anyone swears by the temple it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold the, the temple that makes the gold sacred? You think about that. They were more concerned about money. They were more concerned about things than they were about God. They were more concerned about, oh, we gotta have this money for this, we gotta have this money for that. And they were worshiping money, mammon, instead of worshiping God. The money on the altar, the things, the sacrifices on the altar meant more to them than God's house itself, than God himself did. Because God's house represented God's presence. It still does, by the way. And they were more concerned about the money than about God. And so he called them blind Guides. He went on to say, you also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Now, which is more important, the earthly things or the heavenly things? 
That's the real question here. Which is more important? Are we so caught up in the worldly things that we miss the point of being in God's presence? Being in the presence of the holy God who created everything that exists? I mean, folks, come on. Go out at nighttime when there's very little light around and look up at the stars. Go out in the daytime and look around at the the grass and the trees and the flowers and the animals. All of that is gifts from God. Every bit of that is a gift from God. And if you're brave enough, you look in the mirror and that's a gift from God too. All of these things, though, are just gifts. All of them are just gifts for us to enjoy from God, to make our lives more enjoyable. But if we get caught up in worshiping those things instead of the one who gave them, the one who made them, then we have the wrong mindset. We have the wrong attitude. We always have to remember to give God thanks for everything. It comes from him and it will return to him. Then he goes on to say, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, which are justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, you blind guides. You strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, folks. <laughs> Here he's, he's, he's commending them for their tithing of their, of their gardens. That's good, but that's not enough. That's what he's saying. It's not enough. It's not good enough. You're leaving out. What's more important? You shouldn't neglect to tithe, is what he's saying, but at the same time you're tithing of your money and your things, you should also remember to be nice to other people. (laughs) You should also remember to give to other people. You should look out for your neighbor. You should love your neighbor as yourself, in other words. I know very few people who intentionally walk around naked and and don't feed themselves. And yet we see people in those conditions and we do nothing. Mm. You strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. (laughs) In other words, we make a mountain out of a mohill. We take the little things and we focus on that and we make that the big thing. But the big things we miss altogether. We just pass right over them. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying put it all together. Get the big picture. God gives us the big picture. We want to focus on the little picture. (laughs) The little picture that just has me in a square. Nobody else. (laughs) That's where we usually want to focus. But God's saying, no, look at the big picture. There's others around you. We need each other too, by the way. No one can live alone. 
for long. They'll lose their mind. If you go on a deserted island somewhere by yourself, over time, you will find that you're talking to yourself or to rocks or to trees or whatever you can find to talk to because you don't have anybody to share with. God made us to be in relationship with one another. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence, blind Pharisees. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Remember, he started out talking about how they love to be seen, how they do everything outwardly for everyone to praise them. Oh, look what pretty robe you're wearing. Oh, look how holy you are. Oh, you're so special. But inside, they're cursing those very people that are praising them. You bunch of peasant idiots, leave me alone. You should praise me. I'm worthy. No. Jesus is worthy. We are not. Jesus is the only one that's worthy. And when we put him first, we clean the inside out. We clean the inside out when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. When we confess that we are sinners. When we repent of our sin. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We are cleansed from the inside. And then our outward appearance should show that we have accepted Christ. In other words, the way we live should show the love of God to those around us. These Pharisees only showed love for themselves. Woe to you, teachers of the law of Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Folks, we can fool each other, at least for a while. We can fool other people, but you will never fool God. Never. He knows what's in here. He knows what's in here. We may sit here on Sunday, and we may or may not hear the sermon. <laughs> I heard a story a week ago or two. I think it was Wayne who told me. The preacher down there, Kimberlin, Tim Mohan, shared a story. A little five-year-old boy talking to his eight-year-old brother. He looked around and he said, I don't get it. Why do we have to be so quiet in here? In the church. And his older brother said, Just look, can't you see everybody's trying to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> so you may or may not hear the message. <laughs> but what you do with it when you do hear it, you're accountable for. Amen. 
<laughs> yeah. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. In other words, he's saying, go ahead and kill me. Go ahead. He knows they're going to. They know they're going to. He's calling it out. He's saying, go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. You and your people have never been able to stand the truth. You've never wanted to hear the truth. You've never wanted to accept the truth. So you might as well go ahead and finish what you started because, he goes on to say, you snakes, you brood of vipers. He's equating them with Satan in the Garden of Eden. You snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? There's only one way, folks. Only one way. Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them will kill, you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Wow. All of the prophets that came in the past, many of them were murdered. Many of them were tortured. Many of them suffered terrible things. We've read about it in the Bible. And then the apostles come along, and they suffer at the hands of people. Jesus is saying to them, I'm giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent and to accept me as your Messiah, as your Lord and Savior, to get right with the God you say you serve and represent. You know, I've talked with atheists before who, <laughs> who have told me just flat out, they said, the reason why I'm an atheist is because of the churches I've been to. And I'm like, what? What do you mean by that? And they say, well, I've been to several churches, and none of them were nice. <laughs> none of them accepted me with open arms. Most of them just ignored me like I wasn't there. And the ones who did recognize me said, uh, that's my seat. <laughs> I mean, come on, folks. It's getting real. <laughs> it's getting real. And I try to convince them not all people in the church are that way. But when they've had those kind of experiences, it's hard to win them over. But after Jesus tells them that they're accountable if they don't repent, they're accountable for all of these things that they and their ancestors have done. You ever heard of generational sin? That's what this is. 
It's a generation after generation after generation of, of rebellion. It's passed down. It's taught behavior. And he's saying, you all are going to have to pay for all of this if you don't repent. That's why he says, I sent messenger after messenger after messenger. Then he says this. You talk about a heart of love. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. You were not willing. Look, your house has left you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a plea, folks. I love you so much. That's what he's saying. I love you so much. I want to do whatever I can, whatever I have to do. I'm even willing to die. I'm even willing to die for you. Please wake up. Please wake up. Please pay attention to what I'm saying. I want to I bring you in under my wings like a mother hen protects her chicks. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it or not, but I saw a video before. There was, there was a mother hen, and you see her all of a sudden. She starts clucking and going crazy and gathering up all of her little chicks and gets them all under her wings, and she squats down over them. And then... Here comes a, 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 I forget what kind of bird it is, but it's a hawk. Thank you. Here comes a hawk down. And the mother just pecks at it. It pecked her, but it didn't get her babies. That's what Jesus is saying, I love you that much. Come under my protection. Come under my protection. Receive him as your Lord and your Savior. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing, Brother Bob. Our invitation this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, Will, invitation this morning is uh, number 381. There's room at the cross for you. Amen. Stand, please.
Brother Mitch, turning back to you, brother. May be seated. 